You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, yeah. That red light is to be believed. I believe we are live, actually live. Again, here on a Monday uh, night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to an exciting episode of Low Key on the We Are Libertarians Network. I am your host for this evening. My name is Harry, a.k.a. The Moving Target. And we're going to have a very exciting episode. It's going to be one... It's one of these things that I feel like the network and well, just us just being just you know just being around this person has this great well of knowledge of lore and everything else around it, and or just he just permanently online. He doesn't go outside touch grass ever. So it's I like to be able to force him to explain something to me, but I can do it easily in the behind the scenes. But why not like get it recorded so everyone can enjoy this thing? But I don't know anything about the nap, Harry. I bought some podcast etiquette, not talk to your introduced. <laughs> I do what I want. And the joke is perfectly set up. No. no. <laughs> Anyways, you get introduced last. Anyways, of course I'm talking about the great white one. Reinhold. 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 Welcome to the show. This is. This hey, I'm is glad the- to. As you can tell, the puppies just realized that I turned my mute off <laughs> and now they started to bark. They were quiet the whole pre-show. Everybody, you can contest. Now they've decided that it's the time to play. So I apologize for any of the barking that you might hear. Yeah, everyone who's on a thousand dollars and up uh, on our uh, uh, on our account that got that behind the scenes listen, got to listen to that. Yes, yes, they got to hear that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and then Vincent's terrible etiquette talking before being introduced on the show, which is bad etiquette. It's bad form. You don't do Me- that. It's a bad thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. But, right. but I did do it this time. I'm it's very excited to hear about Reinhold talking about the history of the itis, because I'm assuming that's the kind of nap he's talking about. No. Is no. Is, is that this week? Oh, yeah. damn. God damn it. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. I guess you have to talk about the other nap instead of the itis. Reinhold. All right. So anyway, so this is the, I just um, I just took a nap. Right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Set your humor off of dad mode, please. <laughs> all right. Matt. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to fit in. I'm sorry. It's, it's gonna... <laughs> yeah. So this episode is basically trying to get Reinhold to explain the nap um, to, well, like to me, to a lot of people who have never like understand it's there. It's part of like a lot of libertarian or like liberty circle culture and to me, like I can look up some of the stuff for it. I could there's some crappy videos on it, like, like, but to actually get to hear it from Reinhold, like, where the heck did this thing come from? What the heck is it? And I want, you know, hidden speculation of what it's going to do into the future, you know, because certain people have came into certain spaces and don't believe in the net. 
you know, which to me, I always saw it just like the blue check mark on Twitter. It's a good fail safe not to get sued or have people with shiny shoes go after you because it's easily to point the Fed out because the Fed usually tries to go against the nap. So that's me personally. <laughs> you, just, you, know, you know, but anyways. Um, but the, yeah, that's what the show is going to be about. It's just me you know, you know, making Reinhold talk and speak to tell us the, the, the ancient history that's in his head. You know, I know I don't think Reinhold was in the room when it was designed, you know, and written. He was uh, probably like, a, well, he's too busy on Quaaludes. He might be surprised. He might be surprised. <laughs> First of all, I, I can I can do this very simply. So this may be a short podcast. Oh, dear God. The nap. <laughs> now, listen, listen, the nap. And and, and um, just so I can explain it to everybody. <laughs> the nap is the non-aggression principle. Okay, we're done. Okay, all right. Now, okay. if you want me to explain the non-aggression principle, we can go further. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> see, see, my dad jokes made me fit in perfectly here. I'm telling you, I, 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 I just felt the energy of what this episode's going to be. We're, we're doing I, radio I here. I didn't get into the oh, mind. Yeah, I didn't get into the Ryan Hold mindset. So, before I start, <laughs> I do have a question. When do you think the nap came about? Um, the non-aggression principle. When do you think that it kind of came about into being? Like two years after the inception of the Libertarian Party. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's me. That's me. I'm thinking like it was just came up there and it was just like that. Like that. I. That's. I don't know. I'm sure. I, I think it's the, the evolution of don't be a dick. So I think <laughs> whenever that became a thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they wrote it on paper, that's when that that came into place. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. Is that what you're hearing? Don't, don't be a dick. Okay. Honestly, that needs to be one of the uh, uh, you know tenets of the Libertarian Party. They need to accept the stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> just what it really boils down to is it's like there, <laughs> there's some talk about this in, in the whole thing. So um, okay, because <laughs> would it surprise you? All right. So for, first of all, just a, a real basic non-aggression principle for anybody who's, you know, like, what the heck are they joking about? Um, the non-aggression principle is basically the uh, the idea that you do no harm to anybody unless harm is being done to you. Then you have the ability to use violence to stop that harm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's basically it's basically kind of like what you might call golden rule of some sort. And yep. This idea of it being a modern thing, mm-hmm. um, the first time that this non-aggression principle kind of is recorded in history would be around between 3000 and 2000 BC. Oh, okay. The ancient Egyptians believed in the non-aggression principle. They... Um, so, just, uh, so the non-aggression principle is really kind of a synthesis of two ideas to ethical ideas one is it's illegitimate for a human being to use aggressive violence against the person or property of another human mm-hmm. and number two is it is legitimate for a human being to use defensive violence to protect person and property mm-hmm. right so there, there's this idea of pacifism where nobody you do no harm but pacifism doesn't necessarily lend itself to using defensive violence um uh, right. so in this case, the non-aggression principle is not using aggressive violence, not initiating violence against someone else. Um, and, and that's kind of where this synthesis of those two ideas 
merging together becomes this non-aggression principle. Now, the first time the non-aggression principle was named that mm-hmm. is much later in, in history. And we all get into that a little bit, but um, we we look back at you know the the ancient Egyptians, as I was saying, right? So they believed in balance and, and regularity of the cosmos and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they believe that all that was maintained by Mat, who mm-hmm. was the daughter of the sun god Ra. Right? Bastard. So, Bastard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they believe that Mat would maintain balance if there was violent social disorder on Earth. So mm-hmm. when someone was um, when someone was deceased, they had to recite the 42 laws of Mat in a mm-hmm. scene, right, called the weighing of the heart. Mm-hmm. And some of these might be self familiar. Uh, one of them you have to to confess is that I'm not a man of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not slain men or women. I have not attacked any man. I have mm-hmm. not committed robbery with violence. I have not stolen. I have not stolen cultivated land. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and further goes on to say that um, I've only I. I've done this in peaceful means, right? So mm-hmm. it was like this started off as being kind of pacifism, but um, there were things like keep away from wrongdoing, do not rob, rather act against the robber. That's where you get into the defensive violence act, so the defensiveness, mm-hmm. right? So cause that that's kind of where that started. It was like the first aspects of that. And, and if you look at this and I, I can go through some more examples throughout history, there are people who suggest that society mm-hmm. is basically at its core, the non-aggression principle without that society doesn't exist. We would never have a functional society that's lasted this long. Mm-hmm. Right. If people didn't come to this conclusion in each of these societies that we've been through, over the over the ancient times, um, we would never have any kind of flourishing of that. It would just be might makes right, whoever's strongest. Now that comes and rises throughout history, of course, you know, until the Han, that sort of thing. But it always kind of falls back into we really want to have peace. We really don't want to have to deal with this war all the time or this violence all the time. And every society kind of falls back into that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got ancient Hindus. You know, 1500 BC, speaking to nonviolence is the highest virtue. Nonviolence is the highest duty. Abstain from inflicting injury of any kind. I mean, even Christians, you know, the the golden rule that comes through. And and a lot of this early stuff is through religion as we read through it, right? So we've got Hinduism. uh, We've got ancient Hebrews. You know, do not plot evil against your neighbors. Um when they live at peace with you, do not contend with someone without cause, uh, with one who has done no harm to you, that sort of thing. So a lot of this is kind of rooted in a moral code within a religion, which mm-hmm. at the time religions were really just ways to formulate a society. People wanted to um, get people to kind of to stop hurting each other. Mm-hmm. Religion was formed to create a moral code that people would believe because they wanted you know, afterlife to be something that they could experience. Um, so that's how it came around. But soon after that, I mean, the ancient Greeks believed this too. The ancient Greeks taught about this, uh, um, 
a major source of early Greek religion, Hesiod, he, he states things like, do no harm, do not harm a comrade first, and do not lie to please the tongue. But if he harms you first, offending either in word or deed, remember to repay him double. But if he asks you to be friends again, be ready to give your requital, welcome him. Right. So he, if, if he wants to apologize, wants to make it right, mm-hmm. okay, let it go again. Now, there is some debate uh, early on about whether or not words are violence. And this is something you're going to hear a lot, uh, especially more recently with the way society is going currently. Uh, and even in libertarian circles, whether or not verbal violence exists. Um, and, and, and to the basis of the non-aggression principle, it doesn't. It's more it's more actual physical harm or violent right. violent harm. But it, I still I contend that there is a there's a line to draw on words too, because words do affect people's mental state. And their psyche, and they can cause instability within society. So you have to fight against that as well. But I don't think that you can say that that's part of the non-aggression principle. That's more of the, as Vincent was saying, don't be a dick. Right. Yeah. Principle. Don't, right. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a dick. Um, matters. Stop being rude. Um, it was, you know, I think a lot of people for some reason just enjoy being rude or don't have to like respect for manners anymore. Know, it's and there and without there being like some proper recourse other than others like hey you're being rude I'm done talking with you be you know because your manners right. are terrible and, and right. also you know people not understanding how to properly critique something without it being you know just being a dick mm-hmm. you know when, yes. when it's like I want to critique something you want to have actual critiques and ways to improve instead of just going well that sucked and this is why this sucked and nothing everything in this is terrible and it can never be better. That's yeah. Well, there's a recent um, thing posted about this too, and I, I'm going to try and find it real quick if you don't mind and pull it up here. Uh, but somebody made a great point um, about being brutally honest, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, where's the empathetic honest, and where's the kind honest? Where's where's mm-hmm. all the other kinds of honest you can be? Why does it have to be brutal? And you find that most right. people who are wanting, who are, who are proclaiming to be brutally honest will care more about the brutal part than they do about mm-hmm. the honest part. They're not being brutally you know honest. They're just they're just using uh, words to cover up the fact that they're just being an asshole for no reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there's usually a reason, but it's usually because they're an asshole. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. They're, they they get validation yeah. by making people feel small. Mm-hmm. So they purposely go out of their way to be brutally honest because for them to be brutally honest means that, well, I've made somebody else feel bad, so I feel good about making somebody else feel bad. And yeah. usually those people cannot take what they dish out. If you're being brutally honest and then somebody calls them out and, and is brutally honest back to them, they get very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you notice that with people are trying to be brutally honest, especially around like niece, they, they instantly realize like, you know, like they just want to be mean. Want really <laughs> they, just, they don't want to be brutally honestly with people. They just want to be mean, and niece niece pulls that out of them. Or uh, Lily, or on the nice side, Lillian, Lillian, I think it's Lillian animation on YouTube. Uh, this YouTuber, mm-hmm. uh, she did like a great video of like, stop it, let's let your friends enjoy things. You're, like, yeah. don't be a bad don't friend. Stop being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's Italy Animation. I know you're talking about, I, though. Hopefully I'm right. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't watch our content. <laughs> Shows up in the chat immediately. <laughs> but I love your content. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. That's don't yuck other people's yum, but it's okay that people like things that are bad or you don't enjoy. Or if you have fair criti- criticisms, it's okay mm-hmm. to like things that you criticize. Yeah. But some people are, people, are Yeah. Let people like things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, there's a lot of that that has to be kind of reiterated lately. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. People just like, love they just get off on on hating on other people's things that they like. I, I will You're openly criticize so- producer Paul and uh, friend of the stream, Zikri, for watching Sword Art Online, because I think that show is bad. But I'm not going to st- tell them to not watch it. <laughs> Let them enjoy the thing that I think is terrible. But if they enjoy it, they enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. We finally beat the thing out of producer Paul. Like, when people bring up Zodiac thing, like, how did it was like, just let people enjoy their thing. And he, he just backs off now. And, it, he, and it's nice. It's like, wow. We <laughs> just let people enjoy their thing. This is great. You know, so. Now, now, so so like I said, you know, we've got soccer. So it was kind of religious based, but when the when the philosophers kind of started kicking around in in ancient Greece, we got Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. They all talk about this concept, Um, and because of that, then the Romans, of course, the ancient Romans, Cicero was a big proponent of this, started professing this as well as this is how our society should work, right? then you've got, um, so the Romans do this like uh, for years. They, they kind of base their society on it. Um, but it doesn't really start to become a part of the idea of government, right? So mm-hmm. early on, you have religion and government and society are all very, very intertwined, right? But as that separates out, we have the, like the Greeks being more philosophical, the, the Romans trying to, you know, have a more of a democratic type of society. Mm-hmm. Um, ancient, uh, the Taoists back, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, they did this as well, where they started to take the concepts of the non-aggression principle and apply it to government. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I think, the, I think the Taoists were the first ones to do this, but that's, you know, that's ancient, Asia. So, of course, in our history, we're not going to have run into that really very much. We're going to have to kind of reinvent that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the person who kind of reinvents that or who comes up with that doctrine is um, Thomas Aquinas, right? He's perhaps the most important philosopher in history of Western civilization because he's the one that takes that do no harm to others mm-hmm. um, and, and turns it into how government should function government shouldn't harm people with their laws the government should only function to defend other peoples against aggressors mm-hmm. that should be the only function of government so that's that's where that kind of starts to k- kick around right mm-hmm. um and i've got i've got quotes and quotes and quotes i don't want to bore everybody with but um it, it's just interesting to know that that's really um the right to self-defense was kind of controversial in Christianity before him, before Aquinas mm-hmm. came around. So like uh, Augustus, you say, is legitimate for uh, Christians to use le- lethal force in self-defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was kind of that 
changing of the mindset that brought the non-aggression principle from being just more of a pacifist type of view to a non-aggression points of view, right? Mm-hmm. So by non-aggressive, you still have defensive violence that you can do. Right. And that turns into then, if I have defensive violence mm-hmm. and I have a government that's being oppressive to me, mm-hmm. is it therefore good for me, you know, acceptable for me in the non-violence, the non-aggression principle to then push back violently against that oppressive government. And that becomes a big controversy and discussion point that we're still having today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at what point is it okay and when is it not okay yeah. to do that, right? Yeah. Because um, you just, you, you don't want the people with the shiny shoes to show up at your step, doorstep. <laughs> so you get the line that you have to cross, you know, to tiptoe. Right. So it's like Aquinas says, it's unlawful for the princes to use violence or coercion, save for the within the bounds of justice. That's kind of where that idea of <laughs> the only time that the ruling uh, organism, as it were, in society, whether it be a um, a prince or a king, a monarchy, whether it's a dictatorship, whether it's a um, democracy, etc. Um, the only time that that organization of force who's been authorized to use force can employ that force is only in defense of the citizens from others. Right. Now, as we move through history, of course, Mm -hmm. this gets more ingrained into this idea of the government being part of this non-aggression principle. John Locke, for example, um, very famously does this Adam Smith, who is most often kind of known for economics, mm-hmm. first wrote about the treaties of morals, you know, morality, and in there speaks about the non-aggression principle as well. Didn't um, read that one. Didn't read the first book? No, sorry. <laughs> Do it with the second. <laughs> Wealth of Nations. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you guys read those books? <laughs> so, I got I, I got the audio book. You could just oh, we'll speed run it. <laughs> All right. Um so that's kind of we're 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 moving in. We get into the 1700s, 1800s. We've got um the f- more famous uh American who really taught about the non-aggression principle and, and lived by it very stringently mm-hmm. was Thomas Jefferson, right? Which is very ironic considering <laughs> what we know about <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> but <laughs> he was he he was he was the classic example of do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I love a lot of what he said. <laughs> and I still I still kind of have a soft spot in what 80% he did. of his bloodline is African. <laughs> right. But but you gotta understand something with that. And a lot of people do not know this about Thomas Jefferson, and we're gonna do a divergent tangent because I do know that not a lot of people know this. And I remember when I mentioned it to Harry a couple <laughs> years ago, he was like, what? Yeah. Um, the reason all of that went down mm-hmm. was because there was a slave that he had that was acquired from his wife's family, 
So his wife's father owned these slaves. His wife's father used to have relations with the slaves. Thomas Jefferson was very, very much in love with his wife, Martha. Mm -hmm. She passed away. He was heartbroken and distraught. One of the slaves, Sally Jen, I can't remember her name. Sally Jen Jennings or Jen, I can't. Mm, I don't know why I can't remember her name. Um, she was literally the half sister of his wife, and very much resembled her. Right. That's who he had relations with, mm -hmm. and it was much more out of his messed up mindset. He was not kind of all there at that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he wasn't having relationships with all his slaves. It was this one, one woman. And that's why that it kind of happened. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but I'm not giving him that much of a pass on it. He, <laughs> he displays when he's talking I mean, about non-aggression. It, it's great. You watch the 19, you watch the 1776 movie, uh, which is one of the best kind of movies about the, um, the Declaration of Independence and the creation of the country. It's actually somewhat historically accurate, but not quite also. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there that's not. Um, but in that, you see Thomas Jefferson battling with that concept of owning slaves and then saying we shouldn't be, we shouldn't have slaves. He, his original Declaration of Independence wrong uh, It's right on robotic to you. Yeah, he's he's, he's breaking up like real bad. He's like, frozen do on my screen. That's that stinks. He's like, frozen on a roll too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh he's back now. Maybe. Oh, no, he's he's he frozen again. I don't know. Count to ten. I see you guys moving <laughs> and talking. He's such a delay. Oh, he's a massive delay now. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've talked too much. I have polluted the the internet bandwidth with my. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> All right. So Christy says, "Is it Hemmings or Hemmings?" Hemmings. That's it. Sally Hemmings. I could. I keep wanting to say Jennings for some reason because I I know somebody with that name. Yeah, director of research. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Old man brain. Okay. Okay. You're 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 back. You're back to to I'm live back. now. You're back to All right, so I don't know how much you missed of that whole rant, but Thomas Jefferson, do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, you know, just be careful how much credit you give Thomas Jefferson because then, like, mm -hmm. you have to experience in 100 years, you'll be with some younger libertarians trying to give, you know, like, forgiveness to Ron Paul. You'd be like, no. <laughs> I didn't use <laughs> Thomas I Jefferson. years defending Ron Paul, and I finally just said I cannot do it anymore. <laughs> right? Okay. Yes, I was defending him more than he was, and I was that irritated. <laughs> yeah, that, is that the main reason why you get pissed off by Trump supporters sometimes? Just like, listen, I've been there. <laughs> I know, no, go listen to go listen to our first step, uh, first low key walls. I was mm -hmm. all on the uh, Ukraine Russia whole bandwidth whole. Yeah, you know, I was I was on that whole conspiracy bandwidth <laughs> and, and uh, bandwagon, and. I made some realizations that oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> all right, all right. We, we we will all, we will go back to this that first episode on a Monday night when we have no idea what we're doing. 
<laughs> just go listen to a little bit of it and critique me when I'm talking about how <laughs> it's a for men it's are for- being horribly treated in this in this society and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep kind of like a Trump guy way right, right back then. Right, oh, anyway, so. Now we're getting to American. Okay, so American history, uh, Thomas Jefferson, of course, we get this kind of idea implanted into the base seat of this country. Mm-hmm. And y- you also see it in the French Revolution, which kind of was inspired by our revolution, you know, American Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were professing the same non-aggression principle. And then, of course, Napoleon comes along and puts a, a kibosh on all that. Um, but Throughout history, this has always been an accepted, understanded, this is the basics of how a society works. You have to have this principle in order to do this, right? Um, The only problem is it has almost never in history ever been successfully done. (laughs) All I I hear is like, oh, I see good good omens right now. It's like, oh, what did he do? Tell people. Yep, that'll do it. Okay, tell people not to hurt each other and be nice to be kind to each other. Oh yeah, that'll that'll do it. Oh yeah. So that, I mean that, that's a problem is that there's just there's people who are like, I believe in this principle and I want this principle to be what we believe in and, and live in as a society, but <laughs> and it's always the the but that comes along because it's like, well, yeah, but I kind of want to do this, and I kind of want to have that, and I want to. But the best way to de- to defend myself is to make sure there's nobody to attack me. So I'm going to defend myself by taking out the attackers before they attack. Right? That's how that works. Right? That's how we're going to defend United States. We're going to attack Iraq <laughs> because we know that they're wanting to hurt us. So yeah, that's how that works. Right? That's that. Mm-hmm. That's not aggression at all. Yeah, Russia's not doing that in Ukraine right this minute at all, right? <laughs> um, so, my, so my 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 whole point of it is is that we kind of went away from this idea. Are you wanting to jump in or say something? I'm just overriding you. No, no, I, I was just going to go into like, yeah, it, that's why like uh, we manifest destiny 2.0. The United States should go south. <laughs> if yeah. Russia and Ukraine has proved anything, no one can stop us. You can just do it. You, you have nukes. You can do what you want. I don't, <laughs> do I don't you know want. because let me, let me say something. Ukraine is stopping Russia pretty good right now with our money. <laughs> Not just ours. Germany, Netherlands. A, a lot of people are, are kicking in on that. One. Not just <laughs> our, with our money. Down those planes. Just want to say with our money. And it proves to you that Europe, what, and they, I'm just saying, we go south, nobody's stopping us. <laughs> yeah, but do so, you really so, want Brazil? So what you see with the United States, yes. is we really can't. Yes, we do. <laughs> we, we started off with that non-aggression principle kind of ingrained into how we, how we run things and immediately started turning on that concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's the way the nature of man is. Um there's always the but. And then what we see in the last like 150 years is that the do-gooder, the the person who wants to help fix society and help solve the ills, decides that the only way to accomplish this is to have laws that then use force to employ the solution instead of using 
logic and reason to convince everybody to solve the problem together mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. They think they need the government to force this solution onto others. Adams, and right? that's when we get into the violation of the non-aggression principle by our government increasingly throughout the, his the last hundred or so years. Which then leads us into the creation of the Libertarian Party and the, the mindsets of that where people were getting frustrated with seeing this expansion of this of this uh, violation of the non-aggression principle by government mm -hmm. on the people. You know, certain-minded people said, no, I this is wrong. We need to return back to that idea of non-aggression um, mm -hmm. and solving problems cooperatively instead of through force. Um, and this is not taking hold back again, right? So it's hard, kind of hard for that to that. That's the kind of dichotomy we're in right now. The the fight we're in right now. Um, but but and, how and do you much, make as much how as do I like you the make red party, pillars agree with the the left? And they just won't work. It's just how this works. Stop it. That's why we need the laws. It's the only but, way for it to work. But make no mistake, right? The Libertarian Party, when it was founded, was founded for a specific reason, mm -hmm. and it wasn't the non-aggression principle. Mm. It was founded because a group of people were upset that Nixon removed the United States from the gold standard. Mm. That was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. And the Libertarian Party has a pledge where, you know, no other, no, the Republicans, Democrats don't do this, but the, the libertarians say, you know, you have to believe in this non-aggression principle. And it's not really the non-aggression principle. It's really a principle that just states that you will not use force for political solution. So it's not really even the non-aggression principle. What it was, was a, a statement, a pledge that the early libertarian leaders, the party leaders would have people say so that when somebody does something under the name of libertarians, mm -hmm. like say claiming you're a libertarian and blowing up a federal building with kids in it. Mm -hmm. And then they go on and claim that they did it because they were libertarians. Libertarian party could say, no, we don't believe in this. We have this principle mm -hmm. um, that we will not use violence to solve political solutions. Mm -hmm. um, so don't come after us, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Government, not us. We're not, you know, if somebody has done this, they are not part of us. So quit right. looking over here. And that's really why that was created. And it's not really the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle is just what libertarians believe. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me rephrase. The non-aggression principle is what many libertarians believe and think that all its libertarians should believe, but not some, all of them do. Some libertarians believe. <laughs> um, which creates a bit of a kind of schism in fighting within the party, which friction you may see kind of popping up in current libertarian community. So, news so which one is the X-Men gold team? And which one's the X-Men red team? So. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the biggest difference between like the pledge and the non-aggressive principles? So the pledge that, that, that libertarians take for mm -hmm. to join the party yeah. only states that I do not believe in the use of violence to achieve political goals. Okay. Right. So 
that's not saying I won't use political, I won't use violence against my neighbor to steal his stuff if I want to. I'm just not using violence for political goal achievement. Mm. Right. I'm not going to, uh, you remember that this, you remember that the, the party was founded in the early seventies, right? The early seventies, late sixties were not a peaceful time <laughs> in, in political American history. Right. I, I thought this is the most violent political atmosphere <laughs> that we've ever had. Right. Hold yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get. We want to be another episode. We'll get right on next week. Just this is not quite. You ever heard yeah. of the Weathermen, for example? <laughs> um, so there was a lot of civil violence that was happening for because there was a lot of political upheaval and unrest. We're, society was changing very, very much at that time with the civil rights movements and and there there was a lot of just um. There's a lot of people wanting to push the country forward socially, and there are a lot of people mm-hmm. wanting to pull the country back socially. Yeah. That's the difference between progressives and and conservatives, right? Yeah. So that's that's that push pull that always exists in society, mm-hmm. but sometimes it grinds a lot more. There's a lot more push pull than may normally be going on, and that's when that violence starts to happen. That's when that, that really ingrained culture war starts to happen. It's always been a culture war all throughout society, all throughout history. This isn't a new thing that people are inventing currently, right? We've, we've done this before. This isn't new. Um, and, and if this, what we're going through now could lead to that. Uh, there was a, a staffer or a, there was a, there was a person just today. There was a, a congressman, who somebody came into his office looking for him, had a baseball bat, was asking his staffers where he was. And when they wouldn't give him an answer he liked, he started beating the heck out of him with, with the baseball bat. This, this isn't, you know, this isn't quite to the level we saw with certain race wars and riots and, and, and bombings of things were going on in the late 60s, early seventies and Kent state and blah, 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 all that Mm -hmm. stuff. This isn't that level yet. But it's how you get there. Correct. There have been like little small like pop ups in the last like the last six years in twenty from twenty sixteen well, on. There's been I mean, yeah, there's been little like yeah dust ups, but nothing. Gabby like- Giffords got shot. There was a uh, the congressman mm-hmm. that shot the baseball game. I mean, yep. this this yep. kind of has been bubbling for a while, and it's really kind of started, yeah. in my opinion, back in kind of. And I hate to say this, but it's kind of when the Republicans decided to take over the tea party and make it a, a, yeah, a, yeah. a right wing populist movement mm-hmm. instead of the libertarian movement that it started out as correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Michelle yeah, Bachman, let's just starts with her. <laughs> let's just go back to what it was. And it was her. Yeah. Cause like, cause like we've had like a, a guy, you know, MAGA supporter, like getting killed in like in Washington, uh, just being a supporter. Um, people, st- he got stalked in the street and was shot and killed, you know? So, you know, we we there's small dust ups that has happened. It's not that the well, on, remember the guy with sites. the van who had the bombs. Yep, who, who was mailing the bombs out to all these people. They didn't work, but he was mailing them all to the senators. We had, mm-hmm. um, we had the anthrax mailings that went out right after nine eleven, which I, it was never really tied back to any any group Middle or East anything. terrorism yeah. stuff. That could very well have been domestic. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the bombing of the, the federal building. Uh, I can't remember yeah. the, the dumbass's name for did that. Timothy. Uh, 
I was going to say, we don't need to say that's Gumball's Gumball's name. They (laughs) just try to tie him back to certain political parties, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. That that was why we have that pledge was mainly because when that happened, Mm -hmm. the Libertarian Party, the chair of the Libertarian Party, issued a statement saying, this is not, he is not, he is not one of us, he can't be one of us because we have this pledge. And that's how we insulated Mm -hmm. the party from that fallout of that. He just yeah. claims to be one. You, anybody can claim to be anything, but we have it. We have it stated right there that in order to be, you have to sign. Therefore, you don't. Yeah. Do, do there's you, a lot of people who are not getting that today, yeah, and they're going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill Maher calls himself a libertarian sometimes too. <laughs> do, do you do you guys think that the reason things haven't escalated to the way it was before is because of the social media culture that we have and that everything is videotaped and recorded for all over the place. So that way it's less likely for somebody to just anonymously do it. something and do you get away with it. Do you think but, that's why it's not as well, I mean, do, you, do you think, do you think that that would stop people like the weatherman from doing what they were doing at the time? I think, I mean, good organized would, I, stuff I, like I, that can happen. Right. I think it prevents groups like that to be getting organized. I think the main reason, like, well, Antifa gets to do the things with us because it keeps itself like pretty disorganized yet organized at the exact same time. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, one of the downfalls of, of the like the uh, Proud Boys is that they were so organized and so visible. You know, it's n- not anything that they, I'm not I'm not agreeing with anything they've done. Just saying like that. Just like they're. The, the government's able to go after their chain because of their, like, right. their visible. Well, and they weren't technically savvy either. I mean, yeah. if you know what you're doing, you can hide that stuff. Yeah, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they were right. just well, they didn't believe they were doing it. Yeah, they didn't believe they were doing anything wrong either. But yeah, but a lot of the Antifa members, they believe they know they're doing they know they're doing wrong. They're pretty much well hidden, and it's hard for them to get any bigger because you know people because it's. You know, you've got to be able to grow your group, and it's easy to keep your group hidden and secure while it's small. You, your opsec will get ruined the more people you get into it. It's the main reason why well, that, most conspiracy theories fall apart when you go like, "So all these people knew about a <laughs> thermite have, painting on this building." Thousand no people no. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how that's how terrorists did this for years. They would they would operate and get larger, but they would operate in cells where mm-hmm. one person knew one person from another cell, but none of anybody within that cell knew any of the other people in the cell. You know, it was like very decentralized. Correct. So it's hard to track things down that way. Now that's why federal government is starting trying to infiltrate these groups. So Mm -hmm. that's why people get called fed boys all the time is because they're trying to track down and stop these people from doing this stuff. So because Good, bad, of the, both sides there, blah blah blah, right? Yeah, because of the, the 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 fact that a lot of people are terminally online. Do, do you think that factors in? Do you also think that the concept of slacktivism and people being able to sit in echo chambers with everybody else and be able to complain to each other pr- brings it down as well? Because they're not as riled to go to action physically. So I think that actually plays into riling people more. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm just I mean, throwing stuff out there. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, th- I think the siloing actually helps um, buttress that concept that, you know, everybody else is wrong. Everybody else is less than human. We have the right to go take care of this, right? We, we're right. the only right, the smart ones. Yeah. You know, it, you don't have anybody saying, no, dude, come on. 
right? Because mm-hmm. it's an echo chamber. Everybody's agreeing with each other, mm-hmm. and and it builds up on that. And it's and and when somebody go, does go, hey, wait a minute, you guys are going way over the line. Mm-hmm. Instead of pulling them back, they leave the group, Correct. and it yeah. further further isolates them. Right? Yeah. You see, like leftists all the time, like or like complaining, like like centrist and libertarian. You guys are terrible. And then I'm sure a lot of people who even believe that they're Saudi, they're turning to Republican Party or going even to that far right, have watched the Daily Wire go like, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing now? It's like you guys are actually you guys are really authoritarian. It's, yes, yes, they are. They've always has been. Always have been. You know, a lot of you it's know, like a meme. Always has been. Always has been. Like Blair White uh, did a video um, this week about like her thing with Ben Shapiro, and yeah, yeah, they kind of suckered. Like, they suckered her in, and then they've shoot. They, yeah, they, yeah, they used her, and she realizes like like she feels like she's still a Republican, and she hasn't really want to go to the Libertarian Party. So like Michael Malice, get on that. Um, but. <laughs> But the idea is, it's a, she, yeah, she realizes like, yeah, any, every party, every size has um, um, the authoritarians or like left, left fascism is just as bad as right fascism, you know, <laughs> the, the right, right authoritarians is bad as, just as bad as left authoritarians. Okay. I like that one better because right fascism is right wing. I mean, there's no, the, you have left wing authoritarianism, you have communism, things like that. That's yeah. the, the other version of it. Fascism mm-hmm. is technically right wing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mentality right it I, I get irritated with that a lot because people are trying to you've got people like Dinesh Souza now who are trying to say oh the fascism is a left-wing uh philosophy and it's like no by definition it's right wing I don't know yeah. how you get yeah. there it's a, it's other a, yeah. than you just want to say that right wing and I've had people say this right wing is not is is the is anti uh statism anti um Authoritarianism. I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I can, no, yeah, it's yeah, not. yeah, yeah. You could tell, and you give them five sentences. You can find out like your ideology loves authoritarianism. If you, could, if you, mm-hmm. you know, once it goes against oh, yeah. your grip, that's why I tell people it's like, especially with like Mike Pence, right? If Mike Pence would have actually leaned into Refra and actually let it be religious freedom in Indiana, no one would have a problem with him. But it wasn't. It was free to his religious freedom. No one else's. No one. His religion. Yeah. You know. It, because if they would, have, if he would allow the um, the weed church to have, a, yep, technically it's a riffra, smoke all the weed you it, want. It was, it was everybody had a right to follow his religion. Yes, that's what it was. It was yep. and to and to be forced to follow it by mm-hmm. by law. I mean, that's the thing with Ron Paul, with Rand Rand Paul. Sorry, um, is he's that he's like he wants all these things because of his religion to be implemented, but he understands that he can't get it done. So he wants to say, okay, now let's just make it like it's a state's rights thing. Right. So let's right. get it to where we can have some States in place that still give us the freedom we want to do, or the ability to control what we want to do. Like let's get rid of abortion and let's get rid of uh, same sex marriages. He wants all that still, mm-hmm. but he says, let's do it at the state level only because he knows he can't get it at the national level. And right. just as soon as Roe v. Wade falls and they think that they can get something at a national level, you see how fast they change from that federalism into mm-hmm. nationalism, right? Correct. Yep. And it, 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 it's, it's, you see it and it's like, nobody, it, mm-hmm. do you not see what's happening here? The, exactly. If you say you're a federalist and that everything should be state focused and you're seeing this national push for things by people who you thought were federalists on your side, you need to call them out mm-hmm. or yep. they're going to just take you along with them and you're going to get sucked in and do the same thing they're doing. And then people question whether you were ever one or not. 
correct, correct. Right. And the the and the idea of having something I don't want to talk about this. Oh god, I'm going. No, I'm not jumping. You want to? I take a call. Is it? I'll jump. I'll, 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 I'll jump the third rail. Hold on. I just want something in between so the other two solutions that are on the board other than no abortions and the abortion at nine months i need something besides these two extremes 80 percent of the people in the country believe that and and that's what we had though yeah for the most part that's what we had that was the that was the ruling yes yes basis and it just got thrown away yeah yeah so now everybody's going ham and trying yeah, to get super what ham. they always wanted their ideal in place because mm-hmm. yeah. they think they can get away with it. Yeah, and I can understand some of the uh, some of these leftists with it. Like, no, I'm not giving up anything because the other side of that's giving everything, and the other side is like, I'm not giving everything because they're not giving anything. I'm just like, you're all are terrible. You are so, all are terrible. <laughs> I'm going to use this as a jumping on point. So, Reinhold, how what with the nap at its most base levels that everybody has to. Uh, Respect each other and agree with each other and treat each other equally. How do we get? That's not part of it. I mean, you know, I mean, they they don't aggress on each other, and then that, that's part of one of the things, right? How do you get people that are so have such extreme different ideologies to the point where they are okay with aggressing on somebody that's their opponent because they feel like that that if they don't, they're getting aggressed on? How do we get both of these sides? and both of these extremes to meet in the middle to agree to this. I mean, the only way to do it is to appeal to the logic and reason. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when, so the the problem with politics and this has always been a problem with politics is that it's always easy to gain political power by using fear, hate, emotion right get people emotionally charged and you can get them to do just about anything you want you can give get them to give you the power that you want right appealing to people's reason and logic is not as easy right it takes time and it takes effort and it takes patience to convince people of some of your point of view through that method but it lasts longer when you do, when you charge people emotionally to get short term political power, it is fleeting. You have to keep feeding that beast to maintain that power. You have to keep them riled up because humans don't want to be in that state that long, that, that emotionally charged, angry state wears on a person's psyche and eventually they will start to, to come away from it because they don't want that. They want to live in peace. Everybody wants to live in a safe, peaceful, protected environment where they know that they can get up in the morning. They can go get their, do work. Mm-hmm. Their family's going to be safe. Their money's going to be safe. Everything's going to be fine. That's what people want. Yep. But that doesn't get you political power. What gets you political power is emotionally charged rhetoric and getting people riled up. And that's where people get to. That's what Trump did successfully. He gets people riled up like that. And he's not the only one. I'm, I'm just using him as, as a he's, most he's prime a visible example of this. Yeah. You can uh, usually substitute for Biden. Yeah. So there's that emotional charge rhetoric that he uses to get people, but 
you, you then you have to keep feeding that beast. You have to keep getting more and more and more and more in order to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because it, like I said, it is not lasting. Non-emotional logic, reason, ideas, winning in the marketplace of ideas, as it were, that lasts with people when you can, when you can reach them that way. The problem is, is that it's hard to do and you have to be good at it. And a lot of people who think that they're good at it or try to do it now, like a Ben Shapiro, Mm -hmm. you find still goes that route. They still jump off the rails, Mm -hmm. go to the emotional manipulation in order Mm -hmm. to win a more of an audience to sell paper, sell some merchandise, to get people to subscribe to them. The incentive is always there to jump that rail and do that. Right. So you got people like Radley Balco who does not do that. He's logic and reason and he's good at it, but he doesn't have as big a following as Ben Shapiro. Cause he's not as entertaining. He's not as, you know, Oh, the, this guy said something. I got to hear what he said. This he's not Tucker Carlson. Right. Um, and, and the theory about Tucker Carlson is that he doesn't believe half of what he says, most of what he says. It's all a con. <laughs> you got some text messages for that or something. <laughs> he, no, he, he did this. He was, he was, he spent this time. He spent a lot of time with people on the ride. He was much more of a centrist. He went to CPAC years and years ago and came up with a speech at CPAC saying, we need to work more with the Democrats and get something accomplished in more of a, a mutual beneficial way. And he got booed off the stage and he made a conscious decision at that point. I'm going this other way in order to get followers. Mm-hmm. And he did. He successfully went that path, but he doesn't believe that what he believes is what was before. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the state of things right now is that that emotionally charged rhetoric is what gives people their audience, what gives people their, you know, some people call this grifting at this point, but it's, but it's that, way of getting an audience and getting popular and you, you start to have to feed the beast constantly and you have to keep going with it. And I see, I see it all the time with people who become famous in the libertarian circles. For Mm. example, we got, we got a guy now who's been named as the maintainer of the Twitter messaging, uh, Clint Russell, um, from Liberty lockdown. He's this way, (laughs) you know, this is what he does. This is how he maintains his, his, that's how they grow their audience. Right. Um, Meanwhile, you know, people like us and and Chris and, and we're trying to do things much more in a, in a just a rational, logical type of way. Mm -hmm. And look what our, you know, we don't get people following us as much as that because we're not, we're not out there making those incendiary uh, diatribes on, on social media and in, in our podcasting and stuff like right. that. We try to have nuance and reason and logic yeah. and it's just and not what people seem to want right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not like we've never done that. We did it in the past, but it's just like, we found it like basically making our souls dirty and sick. Right. Made it sick. But, but the audience jumped because of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yes. that's what you're seeing is that we, you stop doing that as much. Your mm-hmm. audience drops off. Correct. You know, yeah. So if this is everybody listening who might still be mm-hmm. listening at this point, <laughs> this, like the episode, this yeah. is the type of conversations you want society to be like, mm-hmm. you, you got to get us, get us out there, get more people listening us, follow us, do stuff like that. If you, mm-hmm. if you don't, then the, the Clint Russell's of the world and the dim pools and those people are, they're the ones that are going to get all the, all the press and, and people following them and, 
That's all you're going to hear about. And it's Let just me, gonna, getting I'm worse. Sorry, I'm sorry, we're to leave the beanie yeah. bros alone. Where's the beanie? <laughs> Let me ask another follow-up question. Right? How do you get people to agree on the definition of safe? You said that people want to feel safe. How do you mm-hmm. get people to agree on the definition of safe? Because there are people that will say that I don't want... Like, I don't. I feel like it's my family's being aggressed upon by letting people do these things that don't affect me. They're like, oh, I don't want this trans person in my neighborhood because I I don't feel safe around them, or I don't want my family. I don't I don't feel want my family to feel safe with them being in my neighborhood. How do you get those? How do you get both of those sides to agree on what safe means? You're never going to. It's always been the push-pull of society is that very question, right? Like, what should society look like? Should we be advancing past beyond what we're ready for as far as a societal progressive type of views? Or should we be pulling back to what things used to be like when I think things were better and safer? And even though it's – so so we have we have the progressives on, on the left and and – people who are pushing society who think that it's better that way. It's better if we all do this and it's better if we all do that, etc. Then you have the conservatives who are like, no, it was better before, right? Both of them are wrong <laughs> most of the time. There was never any great time in the past better than what we have now. Mm-hmm. And what you're pushing for on the left may not necessarily be better than what we have now. Mm-hmm. It's going to take us all having that conversation and coming to some sort of understanding at some point. That, and, and this happens organically. This is not somebody sitting there going, and there are people trying to make laws stating this is the boundaries and et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But society always kind of dictates this on its own. It's like a, it's like a mass amoeba. I, anybody who's a, who's a Taoist because I'm a Taoist. Anybody who's a Taoist will understand what I'm going to say, but it's more like the flow of energy has a certain path and shape that it takes on its own. And it's kind of that with society. Things will ebb and flow. You can't control it. You're never going to be able to really control society. It's going to happen. It's going to be a push-pull. The best thing you do is try to understand how it's happening, understand how people work, understand human nature, and then communicate ideas for people to kind of have the aha moments and the, and the understandings of like, Oh, I get it now. And that will spread if it's done right. And because you do it in the right way, it lasts longer than the short burst, you know, emotional takes that you get. And, and society will, will continue to do that. If you look at the society from like just the United States from its founding till now, it has progressed every few decades. It's had some hiccups. It's had some going backs. We're still dealing with the uh, xenophobia and eugenics craze of the 1920s in our or in our immigration policies, but we're fighting against that. And I think we're winning against that as far as the way society sees it. The majority of people in society think that we should have more open immigration than we do now. Um, and when that happens, when you see that happening, the 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 obvious answer is that the other side gets frantic and starts becoming much more emotional, rhetorically charged. You're seeing that now. You know that's that push pull that happens. 
but if over the course of time, it's like, uh, like the stock market, if you leave your money in the market and it keeps going up and up and you have your dips and your downs and things happen, Mm -hmm. but over time it improves. And I think we're going to see that here. We're just over time. It will improve. We will get to a point where people get so burnt out on the emotional rhetoric that they're being manipulated with right now that they just say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's why Trump didn't win in 2020. People were tired of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we're getting people charged back up again to go again for the next, next round. But I think you're going to see people eventually just saying, no, man, I'm, I can't do this anymore. I just want somebody who's going to go in there. who's going to get things stable. Who's I don't have to think about who the president is every 10, 15 minutes on social media every day. I'm tired of it. Hmm. That's what's going to win out the day at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to just go in there and just let's let people go back to sleep. So when Dwayne the Rock Johnson becomes president and uh, <laughs> no Hector Camacho Alessandro, Terry Crews goes for, runs for president. He's running for DGC, Hector. He's running 2024, Hector Alessandro. He has a truck. He's been driving around in this truck. <laughs> we can get Terry Crews, Andy Sandberg for president. <laughs> Sandberg. Let's have Pete Davidson in there. Let's do the go. Let's just go the whole way, right? <laughs> Pete Davidson, press secretary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mm, sorry. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's it's just one of those things that that I wanted just to bring up because I know it's it's one of the main parts of the the whole non-aggression principle is understanding what people believe to be aggression because yeah, even oh, though we fight, right? mm-hmm. and even though I mean, it's, easy, it's easy to say vi- it's all, physical violence is easy, right? Do you include emotional violence? Do you include words? In that, you know, there's going to be lines that are going to have to kind of mobi. It's, mm-hmm. it's like what's acceptable on television, what's acceptable for uh, what's pornography, what's not pornography, what's art, what's not art. That stuff is always going to kind of go like comedy. You know, you have people complain about, I can't, well, I can't make jokes anymore. Well, you can always make jokes. You've always been able to make jokes. Mm-hmm. And people who make jokes have always been pushed upon by society that they've gone too far. Yep. I mean, you've got uh, people being arrested <laughs> in yeah. the 60s for, for making jokes on stage, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, there's always that. I mean, everybody talks about the best part. This one I love is Blazing Saddles couldn't be made today. I'm like, mainly because it wouldn't work today because it's not um, talking about society today. It was talking about society at the time. It was making a, a, a statement about a satire about a certain specific point in time by using the past to do it in a, in a very humorous way, which was great, but that movie almost didn't get made. Then mm-hmm. it had to be, it was almost shelved several times because it was just like, oh, we can't do this. And even, even Mel Brooks who said, you know, who says it couldn't be made today. Even then he refused to use the N word in that movie. Yeah. If you watch, he never says he did not feel comfortable with it at all. And the guy who played the um, the kind of minor villain yeah. uh, at the beginning, mm-hmm. the guy who was yeah. like beating mm-hmm. him and stuff, and he, he's the first person who uses it in the in the mm-hmm. in the movie. He hated it. He was he's like, I can't say this word. And Cleavon Little had to say, it's okay. 
this is this is for for satire. Mm-hmm. This is okay. He 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 felt horrible to say it, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea that you can't make a movie. There's movies being made today that are just like Blazing Saddles, but mm-hmm. you don't see them because they're not getting. Movies are different now. You, you don't Correct. have the find the good movies these days. It's, I mean, heck, they're they're remaking. For for God's sake, they're making White Men Can't Jump is coming out this week. Yeah, the new version of White Men Can't Jump. What like society has also like moved to like you like you know some of those are like they they're being created. Like someone goes like they can't make like Animal House, and I show them like no, they've made an Animal House esque movie two years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, Yeah. but it's not. But it doesn't. It's not a commentary on society like it was then. Like Mm -hmm. in the seventies, you had those Greek cultures. This 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 was talking about society at that time. Mm-hmm. You, you have to make it about society now. Yeah. You can't just try to recreate that statement that that was yeah. already made. Yeah, and that's so, the problem people have with that. Have you ever watched uh, This Is Forty, Reinhold? The movie This Is Forty. I seen. The, I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen that it's that exists. I just haven't seen it. You should. <laughs> I probably should. Gets a good recommendation. <laughs> I recommend. Got Paul Rudd in it, so it looks like he's you know looking like clue. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like isn't it like a uh, kind of a um, sequel to the previous one that um, yeah, it's not the, technically the a sequel, but it is yeah, yeah, same universe, yeah. yeah. But then it, it have just, the other just, loser that makes movies yeah. that makes all movies bad. That loser, <laughs> he's a loser, and I hate him. This is the end. Is a great movie. You watch it. He makes fun of himself. Okay, I watched that movie. Right, and I think that movie, but he brings it down. <laughs> He's making fun of the same things that you're making fun of him on. No, make I no, he brings everything. He talks down. about they say I have a funny laugh. That's or a, he does a not have laugh. a funny laugh. Doesn't have a weird a laugh. Weird laugh. Yeah, but he he says that in the movie. He says people say I have a weird laugh. He makes you know? he makes Mike Mayer make a porno. He makes that one terrible too. All his scenes are awful. <laughs> I haven't watched Mario movie because he's still in it. I'm waiting for someone to dub him out. You still haven't seen Gem to the Greek. I don't know what's wrong with you. I've seen, I've, it's on my Tubi list. And yeah, um, yeah Getty Sarah Marshall and Gem to the Greek. Yeah, they're in a row. And I've got it like, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. I, I was, I got it. This is, we're going to get like, this is. I'm not gonna like talk what's on my Tubi list. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Why, well, yes, this is the eighth season of Gundam on my Tubi list." Uh, Tubi doesn't have Gundam yet. Okay, yet <laughs> there it is. Yet, yet. But I may have messed up because like Netflix picked up Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, so I may have to go rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no. Um, this episode started getting long in the tooth, but it was a great one. Like having Reinhold explain things sometimes, because a lot of times people don't let Reinhold talk. People get debate brain too, and they get to they get so much and they just want to wear or throw a jab, and they won't just let Reinhold just explain things. He does an amazing job at that. Uh, if you really want more of these quotes from Reinhold or more things from his, like Reinhold, where can people find you? Get those things from you. Um. Well, right now here, but I mean. I, I do have a website, uh, Reinhold.org. It's my blog. So you can go there. And I am trying to start up a podcast I've been working on since 2013 <laughs> that has one episode. 
um, <laughs> called Politinerd, which I'm trying to, I'm going to try and get a, an episode out. I may just take what I did here and just re- reiterate it on, on that and just do an episode. Just, just take half of this audio and just pop it over there and re- redo it. It's like Dre. I got that detox album coming. <laughs> One of these days. It, it's you know, only been, like I said, one episode worry. in the last 13 Don't worry, years. Beyond we're, we're a Good and Evil 2 will eventually come out. Yeah, yeah it's lost four published. Yeah, it's gone through four different publishers, but eventually Ubisoft will release it. Duke Nukem Forever came out. We finally got Dead Island 2. Ryan Holtz, the <laughs> podcast coming soon. I'm still, I'm still waiting for uh, Damon from um, uh, Daniel Suarez to come out. That was supposed to be made a movie over 10 years ago, and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> Is that it's the probably one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Half Life Three or Rhinehold podcast will come first. I mean, we, we even got CSGO two coming out first. Come on, <laughs> CSGO one came out before my. Uh, that's yes. true. That's true. My yeah, that's true. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like, all right, all right. This is getting too long in the truth. Vincent, did you want to shout out anything? Um, not really. I'm here. Enjoy reading stuff that's what i do in my off time okay all right, all right. <laughs> all right. um well this is a live podcast recorded at 9 p.m eastern standard time uh, to you know we do about like an hour here on on mondays we get to this record please come watch us on twitch.tv slash we are libertarians or get on youtube.com slash we are libertarians come hang out with us since we chat in uh, participate in the show have some fun with some great conversations it's uh you know, it's a, it's a fun time. Um, I don't. I want to do this again with having like Reinhold do um, like a good like explain, especially like if you guys want Reinhold to explain something. I think getting Reinhold explaining some of like the hectic stuff from the seventy eighty because like I know some of it for my teachers, but like Reinhold, you know, it's kind of there, not there doing things, but like they're observing. <laughs> so getting like that, but. Yeah, but we're also going to try to do. Uh, uh, I think Vincent said he's working on a couple of like uh, cool episodes for himself. Like, That's so true. it's it's going to be a good time this summer. It's going to be fun this summer. So, so don't worry if if you need me if you need somebody to explain nerd shit for no reason. Like if you need to know the lore behind League of Legends because I know way too much of that because I played that game for ten years. All right, if we get Jackie to come back on the show, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can do that. If Jackie will come back on, we'll do that show. Okay. <laughs> 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 but yeah 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 so all right all right well, if you listen this long in the episode uh you could be listening to anything else in the world but you decided to listen to this and that i thank you thank you everyone uh, thank you everyone who listened watched this show downloaded we we really appreciate it and you know so have a good one say goodbye everybody have a good one guys Bye, everybody